Yo, 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 what up, Davis? <laughs> this is Sam. This is Sion. This is Talia. And on the board, we have Erica. <laughs> this um, is... Hello, sorry. Oh, yeah. group name here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're tuned in, tuned in to KDRT 95.7, Davis, California, where the grassroots grow. Today, for this class, um, for today's show, we're going to go ahead and talk about the Davis community, I know right now there's um, there's some unfortunate events that are happening. I just want to let everyone know if you're going through a hard time, you can go ahead and follow UC Davis Instagram page. They have a lot of great resources. Um, there's also free rides um, from the, I think it's from the police department throughout mm -hmm. the week. If you're out um, late at night and if you don't feel safe, you can go ahead and get a free ride. So on that note, we're going to go ahead and brighten up your day, hopefully. Right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we discussed, we had uh, a few people go out and get some interviews for a few events that were going around uh, on campus this week or last week. Mm -hmm. The first one was uh, Agraria. Agraria brand, band. Band. Okay. A they're a local we're band. We're going to go ahead and play Davis. their interview that Donuts got. Yes. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Donya. <laughs> no problem. I, yeah, I, really um, like this I mean, this really is our cool. third show. Where, where are we right now? Where are we? We are at the Tri Co-ops. This is a wonderful home. Um, our singer Clarice lives here, so we practice here. We play here. It's awesome. My name is Clarice. Um, I am. I sing and I play guitar for this band called Agraria, and we like to play distorted dream pop and occasional jazz and i play with three other friends slash bandmates morgan mm -hmm. isaiah hi um, yeah this is isaiah and then z is right there um yeah we just play music we love we write music we love oh yeah tell them tell them all uh, our other show dates i don't remember oh, yeah, them right yeah. now uh 240 may 13th horrors you'll see us on the lineup fallen angels, fallen angels on may 20th and then Bike Collective, the Bike Collective on May 30th. You can follow our Instagram. Yep, A G R A R I A B A N D. Agraria Band. All right, that sounded like a lot of fun. Um, next up, we have an interview from Donia again, talking about Lontopia and uh, how Lontopia was impacted by everything that's been going on recently. Um, it was a great experience overall. In the beginning, there was not many people, and the line was very long. But once you got past those gates and the headliner came on, it was a really fun time. Really? I heard it was, um, I heard they started late. 
Um, I'd say the headliner came on at about nine o'clock, and then all like the openers were on at like seven or eight. I actually came a little bit later. I went at like eight, and they still like were still like getting like the grounds together. So, I'd say like it worked for the people who were waiting in line because the line I think took about an hour for some people. So it worked overall. It worked overall. So you would say that overall you had a good time, like good experience. What made it a good experience? I think it's mostly my friends that I was with. Um, I had a good group of people to go with, and it was just a fun time, like, looking at all the booths around, and then finally, like, sort of, like, congregating to the stage and just, like, listening to all the music. I am a part of Entertainment Council. I'm one of their staff members, so I'm part of their hired team, and I did help somewhat to um, set up Lontopia and, like, help make it happen, essentially. Mm-hmm. I specifically work as a part of the promotions team, um, and we're in charge of, you know, like, trying to advertise, advertise it, reaching out to, like, groups and stuff um, to see if we can p- perhaps, like, do collaborations or, like, um, raise more awareness about the fact that Lontopia was happening. Mm-hmm. I think you had a good turnout. Oh, yeah. Normally, these events happen at the quad, so we don't usually get to see, like, these lines happen. But because of that, it, sh- it like, showed us that these campus concerts are pretty popular. A lot more popular than we initially thought. Tell me, actually, be real with me, and be real with the audience. How do you think the preparation went you said it before i talked to you before and you said it was really stressful mm-hmm. and tell me more about that a lot of people don't really realize how much work goes into setting up these performances be i don't know how much i'm allowed to say i'll have to clarify that <laughs> but like we'll, we'll talk after the interview yeah there's just so much that needs to be taken into consideration location the artist um any requirements that the artist wants um any like requirements that the campus wants us to do like we have to consider safety like um so Lontopia happened this past Friday the Thursday before that was unfortunately when um the compassion man unfortunately was stabbed and died yeah and then that night the directors had an emergency meeting and which I don't know how long it was, but it was very stressful for them. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just sorry, I'm taking a moment just to like try to figure out how to <laughs> explain or like it's okay say properly like it's there's just so much preparation that goes into this. And unfortunately, this time, a lot of last-minute changes had to happen that nobody within EC had wanted. It was like a huge, like, fireball had just been lit up because of, like, the amount of things that had suddenly been like, oh, sorry, but you can't do this here, or sorry, actually, we need this to happen. And it's just, we got really frustrated because so many last-minute demands were being made, and which led to a lot of pushback on original plans, like certain announcements could be made. And we had to wait a long time and to actually like announce the artist, that was a thing. Um, 
and it's also sucks because I know I personally don't look at the social media comments. I it's a general rule for me not to, um, because I know especially when it comes to like these things, like whenever like an announcement gets pushed back or something, people can get really heated, and I just don't look at the comments, but I know some other people do. And unfortunately, it sort of like makes me a little frustrated and a bit upset that a lot of people just sort of like badge for not being able to do things, even though we, even though it's not our fault that we're not able to do certain things. All right, and those are the two interviews we have for you guys today. Um, it's really interesting because um, I don't think Donia was really planning to talk about what was happening in the community as well as uh, what was going on with um, Lontopia, but that just goes to show like how impactful what goes on in the community, it, how much that affects what happens in our school. And for all you guys that are like afraid or like anxious or anything, we hear you and we feel you and yeah. Thanks, you, thanks for listening, you guys. Yeah. It's a crazy time. Yeah, just one more time once. Um, you know, you, music is therapy. If mm -hmm. um, you want to be all feel comfortable to go out, Agraria, if you go on their Instagram, Agraria Band, um, you can go ahead. And they have it listed, like, the dates that they are performing on their, um, or in their bio. So, yeah. So thank you so much for listening. Um, please stay safe, everyone. Yeah. Stay, stay safe. safe. <laughs> Yeah, next up we have the DJ Doras. And we will be right back. Right, and we're gonna wait for the DJ Doras to come on. Okay, you guys, you guys are ready to go. Okay. <laughs> okay, nice. Yeah, so, yeah, so welcome. This is the DJ <laughs> Doris. You are tuned to uh, KDRT 95.7 Davis, California, where the grassroots grow. I'm Lucy. I'm Jalen. Amanda. And this is Miguel. So today's topic is going to be um a little bit sad 
As many people in the community know, we have been dealing with a lot of tragedy and uncertainty in Davis. Yeah, so uh, this it started uh, Thursday, April 27th, uh, where a 50-year-old David Henry uh, Bro uh, was found dead in Central Park after a fatal stab wound. And then on Thursday, April 29th, UC Davis student Kareem Abu uh, Najim was fatally stabbed shortly after 9 p.m. Saturday as he biked home through Sycamore Park. And then Monday, May 1st, however, left the city even more shaken with a third stabbing occurring near Ellen 2nd Street. But thankfully, the unnamed 60-year-old woman was, is in stable condition thanks to the efforts of hospital staff at the UC Davis Medical Center. So it's been a really scary time for everybody. Um, I actually interviewed a local Davis resident to get some of her thoughts about the situation, which I can play uh, now. Not playing. Hold on, give me a second. Hi. So, how long have you been a resident in Davis, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I've been a Davis resident for the better part of 20 years. I came here as an undergrad and have been here since then. So, then being here for this long, how has sort of the recent um, news about all of the incidents going on in town been affecting you uh, personally? Yeah, well, it certainly has been a shock, and I think there's a lot of sort of fear and worry, which makes a lot of sense right now in the community. You know, we regard Davis as such a, a safe space and such a community-oriented city, and so certainly, you know, my heart goes out to the folks who have been directly impacted, and I think that I have a, a particular level of concern for the safety of folks who are unhoused right now. You know, it's already such a vulnerable position to be in, and certainly with the events of the last week, I could imagine that feeling like a much more vulnerable position, so. Mm -hmm. Right, and then how do you think that the way that the city's going about things? Um... Like, what are my feelings about how it's being handled? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm certainly no legal or criminal expert, but I think that, you know, it seems like a lot of different resources have been mobilized. Certainly, this is not the kind of situation that a city like Davis would be anticipating. You know, it's been heartwarming to see the number of folks folks who have mobilized to to support each other in community. So I, my hope is just that the mobilization of resources can be extended to considering unhoused <laughs> folks and their safety. But of course, also, you know, all of us hope that there will be a resolution as quickly as possible to this without any more violence or harm. And then just a final question. Do you know of anything that residents are doing in terms of like memorials or anything like that for victims? Well, I, there, there was certainly a large memorial that was held, I think, on Sunday evening downtown for David, who was one of the folks who was killed. And there was a substantial community turnout. And at the, uh, I guess, Sycamore Park, there have been small, I've seen small memorials happening there. So I think that folks are coming together in the ways that they're able to. And I've also seen friends and colleagues circulating, you know, like sign up genius signups for getting supplies to folks who need them. Folks are doing their best in a really difficult situation. Great. Thank you so much. Right. So uh, there has definitely been a lot uh, 
happening? Sorry about that. Um, within the community, what are you guys' thoughts um, on that? I honestly um, think it's so scary right now. Yeah, I can I I can see that. I didn't. It, it, I don't think it really hit until uh, Monday night, or I guess it was yeah yeah Monday night or early Tuesday morning, whichever you think, because it was just a, a crazy shift of events in the, those twelve hours. Yeah, yeah, and then like I know that we're students, so we're not really like Davis Davis residents, but we spend like ten months out of the year in the city so it's definitely like our home and it's really interesting especially because i always used to say that like davis felt safer than like my own hometown just because mm -hmm. you know it felt like a smaller safer place and now it just feels a little different yeah like a lot of my friends would go walking at night and now um they don't feel safe doing that anymore or even during the day um especially because a lot of us live next to like parked areas because Davis is mostly like parks and unlit, especially at night. Right. Yeah. No, and it's also interesting to see like the things that have um been shutting down because of safety reasons. Like for instance, I mean we're talking about the Davis community and the farmers market's a really big part of that. And I saw on like the farmers market Facebook that they actually didn't hold the farmers market yesterday. Like they, they normally did. do on Wednesday night. They did. No, in no, like they downtown. Uh, no, they they. Oh uh, no, they did cancel because we because we uh have, we have a I have a class that yesterday we were supposed to go there and film and then that obviously that shut down so then we had a shift in our plans but it just it just seems like everything is kind of in limbo right now because not many people know what to do they don't know if you know even if the daytime is safe because they know like they're trying to keep everyone off the streets later into the day and then in yeah. in the middle it's like kind of like you know, what do we do now? Yeah, I think it's just a lot of uncertainty and a lot of people just don't really know what we're supposed to be doing. And um, I think that and even if, or even after this gets resolved, there's still gonna be some strange feelings going on about, you know? Yeah, like, especially going back to the recording, um, you know, it, we, we can, we, when I, what I was able to hear from her was like how like in shock she was because she never really thought that that would happen in a place like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like she said, she's been living here for 20 years and I work um, on campus and I've asked a few people like their own thoughts. And a lot of people who have lived here have been like, oh yeah, never have seen this ever in my whole time being in Davis. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. she said she came as an undergrad student, so she so she pretty much grew up here. So then she, I think she has more of a understanding that like yeah, this is a a safe place, and you know these events have just kind of like shaken her. Um, yeah, so this is definitely a very uncertain time, but we want to close um, with our condolences to the friends and family of both David and Corinne, the victims of this, and the unnamed woman. Uh, we hope that she gets a really speedy recovery. So thank yeah. you for tuning in today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, DJ Doris, for that uh, important message. Um, next up, we have the Calpinians, I believe, and we'll get them on the air soon. Calpinians, you're up.
All right. All right. <clears throat> All right. Good morning, Davis listeners. This is Calpinians. You are tuned into KDRT 95.7, Davis, California, where the grassroots grow. I'm Samir. I'm Michaela. I'm Amy. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the Cannes Film Festival. The 76th Cannes Film Festival is going to happen this month, which is very exciting. Uh, there are some great films that are lined up uh, for this uh, grand festival. And we had the opportunity to interview Professor Andrew Smith, who is one of the, uh, one of the professors of the Cinema and Digital Media Department here at UC Davis. He's also a filmmaker who has made about uh, three feature films. And he was kind enough to take the time to share his uh, opinions about the festival and what films he's excited about and he's also given us a sneak peek into what he and his brother his twin brother um, Alex Smith have been working on so here's an interview with Professor Andrew Smith and I hope you enjoy. I'm here with Professor Andrew Smith from the Cinema and Digital Media Department here at UC Davis and I'm going to ask you about the Cannes Film Festival so thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, Professor Smith, what films are you looking forward to from the Cannes Film Festival lineup this year? I'm absolutely I'm excited to see The Killers of the Flower Moon, not only because it is uh, a Martin Scorsese film and he generally delivers, but um, an actress that I've worked with twice and in fact knew um, at University of Montana when I was teaching there and, and cast in her first film. Sorry, give us a moment. I don't know why it stopped. Give us a moment, listeners. Sorry about that. There's been a technical glitch. We'll be back up soon. here with the flower moon not only because it is uh, a martin scorsese film and he generally delivers but um an actress that i've worked with twice and in fact knew um at university of montana when i was teaching there and, and cast in her first film lily gladstone is one of the stars and so right, right. she i'm super excited for her and it's a really from what i hear it's a really significant role and I think she's going to get a lot of attention. I'm I'm very hopeful. It's not in competition. Um, they wanted it to be, but Scorsese held it out uh, from competition. So that's one film. I don't know a ton of the other stuff. I haven't been following it recently. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of the some some perennials are there like Wes Anderson and stuff, but um, I usually get more excited about the international films than the American ones, but this is the exciting. This is the exception. Oh, great. But uh, are, do you, are, are there, like, which international ones are you excited for that are being premiered this year? You're not familiar with them? I don't know the titles. I just oh. know some of the like Coreda almost always has his films show up at, at Cannes first and um, a number of other, of, of other, you know, Romanian filmmaker. Um, but, you know, there's, the, it's just, it is a reliably uh, both Eurocentric, but also Asian has a lot of really great cinema coming out of Asia that typically often premieres there, if not at 
Berlin or Venice. Right, definitely. Yeah, I think the creator film, it's called uh, Monster, and um, which is really interesting. And um, and it's really, uh, for me, I, w- I was surprised to see his name because last year he had a broker, and now he has this. So it's like he's just on a roll. <laughs> he's, I know, he's prolific. He's, and, uh, and uh, yeah, so there's, I would have to look at the list, but there's, you know, it's funny because I used to follow the Cannes Film Festival pretty, pretty closely, but lately I, I'm, it seems less, less pressing to me. <laughs> no, no worries. It, do, do you mind explaining the reasoning behind why? I, I guess I think it's in, in years when I'm have when I have a film that I'm making that I'm much more attentive to the festival circuit. Um, mm. Not necessarily because I think that I will be in the festival circuit, but I just kind of want to know which films are out there and, and what people are doing. So I think in a year like this, when I know I'm not preparing anything, it's it's a little less present. Oh, definitely. No, of course. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of exciting films coming out. But I know like during class, you mentioned that you and your brother were like preparing a film uh, that you hope to uh, start filming soon. But do you mind like sharing what it's about uh, for our listeners? It's off subject. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But but since you explained that, like, you know, uh, when you're preparing for a film, you're very much in line with what's going on in, in the film business. So I'm, I would love for you to, you know, talk about that. Well, uh, the, the project that it seems most likely to get made um, in part because of, of its genre elements is a, is a film that we didn't write ourselves um, called Night of the Grizzlies. And it's, it's, a, real, it's a real story, um, or it's a story based on, on real events that happened in the, in the summer of 1967 when in Glacier National Park in Montana, um, there were two separate incidents between ma- men and bears, or in this case, girl, women and bears, um, that proved fatal for everybody. Uh, bears and the, the the young kids, so it's it's um and it changed everything around how the U.S. Park Service manages human and basically bear or wildlife interaction. Mm-hmm. And the script is kind of built like a Zodiac thriller. It's like about these kind of ranger detectives trying to stop something from happening that's that's uh, dire and. And it seems like it's it's on the verge of happening. So it's a really good script, and Alex and I are are attached to direct it, and we're we're working on casting it. Oh, great! That's awesome. Yeah. It's not oh. funny. So. <laughs> oh, well, fingers crossed. I, I hopefully it does. But uh, but yeah, thank you again for sharing your insights and what films you're excited for for the Cannes Film Festival. And uh, we appreciate you taking the time for that. Oh, so. sure. Thank you so much to Professor Andrew Smith for sharing what films he's excited about. And yeah, I mean, uh, I want to open up to you all. Like, which films are you excited about for the Cannes Film Festival that's premiering this year? Yeah, what a lovely interview, Samira. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, You know, I'm personally excited to see some of the female directors. Um, This year, it's a record number of female directors in the lineup. So some films that I'm looking forward to are Club Zero by... Uh, Jessica Hosner, and then there's also going to be La Retour by Catherine Corsini. Um, wow. So yeah, I don't know, Amy, if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I did see while looking over all the film um, festival lineups and everything, I saw there were a lot um, a higher presence of women directors, which was really cool to see. One film I was also excited to or to look more into was the Flora Anna Buddhist film called 27 which is actually an animated film which talks about like um churning 27 and how it's like a very changing time in someone's life and how um 
that that can be but they all look very interesting and cool to see and I would love to watch them all once once they're officially out and released it's great Kaichi which films are you excited about yeah I see a film called uh the new boy you know and uh, it's a story about uh Alfred and the nun I think it's like one of the one of my favorite film. Mm -hmm. No, that that's really exciting. Um, yeah, I'm also um, Professor Smith actually stole my answer, but you know I'm glad him and I are on the same page. I'm also really excited for Killers of the Flower Moon because uh, Martin Scorsese is one of my favorite directors, and uh, you know he's inspired me a lot, and he's really gotten me into making films. And so, like whatever he does next, I'm like always super thrilled to see to see it. And he always and especially like after so many years of making films uh, for quite a few decades he's still making films at this age is i think really really inspiring and uh, uh so um well thank you all for listening i just wanted to say that you know this these have been very troubling times as, as most of our group members have said so yeah we calpinians offer our condolences to the families who you know uh to all, uh, of, of, of the victims and you know just please stay safe out there and you know the and just take care and stay safe and you know be, spend time with your family and friends and we hope that our show has brightened your day and uh stay tuned for our next group which is Kino but until then thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for next week with Calpinians all right thank you Calpinians that was uh really interesting um all those films that you guys talked about seem like they're going to be really good so keep your eyes out for those guys <laughs> I'm excited all right next up we have Kino Hey guys, this is Kino. You are tuned into KDRT 95.7 Davis, California. We're the grassroots girl. So I'm Yutong, today's host, and um, let's introduce our group members. Hello, I'm Noah. Hello, this is Tornado. And hello, this is Jimmy. Hi, this is Swinglet. So I will be playing today's interviews and our news about the topic uh, of five news about world news. So you have a technical issues by let the um, voice loaded.
Let's first listen to Jim's report at South Korea. A concerning increase in illegal drug usage in South Korea. Um, South Korea has a worrying surge in drug-related crimes and addicting over the past year. According to the National Police Agency, the number of drug-related crimes reported in 2022 increased by 16.3% compared to the previous year with a total of 19,162 cases. The most commonly used illegal drugs in South Korea are methamphetamine, cannabis, and ecstasy. Um, there are several factors that may be contributing to the increase in this drug use. Firstly, the growing popularity of uh, club culture and party drugs cannot be ignored. Additionally, the ease of purchasing drugs through online channels has made it easier for people to access illegal substances. Finally, the COVID-19 pandemic has also played a role, with many people turning to drugs to cope with stress and anxiety. Um, the government has launched several uh, in initiatives uh, to combat this problem. The Ministry of Justice has announced plans to strengthen penalties for drug crimes, including increasing the maximum sentences for drug dealers from 15 to 20 years in prison. Additionally, the government has increased funding for drug treatment centers and rehabilitation program. However, there is such uh, still more work to be done to address this issue. Let's now turn our side back to the U.S. and listen to Yunlei's report. At 12 a.m. Pacific time on Tuesday morning, the Writer Guild of America called on its 11,500 members to go on strike. By Tuesday afternoon, many were on picket lines outside major studios in New York and Los Angeles, and the impact of a work stoppage over compensation, streaming-based residuals, minimum staffing guidelines, and other concerns cascaded through Hollywood. The shows that were impacted include some of our top favorite shows, such as The Tonight Shows, hosted by Jimmy Fallon, and The Late Night Show with Seas Mayer. All were halted production and will air reruns during a strike that could potentially last several weeks. People from the Writer Guild of America claim that the studio's responses to their proposals were pretty insufficient, given the existential crisis for these writers. Many writers have taken to social media to voice their support to the strike and to share their stories of struggling to make ends meet on the wages they are currently earning. As the strike continues, many in the industry are wondering when a resolution will be reached. Some experts have suggested that it could last weeks or even months to come to an end or agreement, while others are more optimistic that a deal could struck sooner rather than later. For now, the writers remain on strike, and the future of the entertainment industry remains uncertain. And now, X shortage issues, report from NOVA. A major issue experienced in our society today is the egg shortage, which has affected many different supermarkets and are similar stores that sell eggs around the world. So a big cause of the egg shortage is the bird flu, which is a virus that can kill chickens. So the bird flu has infected nearly 60 million chickens over the last few years. And chickens who are infected with the bird flu are often killed. 
which results in less chickens being left to produce eggs. So, the fact that all these chickens are killed leads to a smaller available egg supply in the end. And the bird flu outbreak has actually hit the U.S. the hardest, which is the reason why they've been able to see the very strong effects of this whole shortage. But Europe and South America are also feeling the effects, which means that this whole egg shortage is a global problem. Another big reason for the egg shortage is because of the inflation brought up by economic decline as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. So many countries and companies still haven't recovered fully from the financial hits that they took during this pandemic. And this combined with the egg shortage has caused big problems. But not only those two effects, the rising cost of chicken food, the larger amount of work required to manage chickens, and a lack of workers willing to look over the chickens are also extra causes of the egg shortage. And when all these are in combination that I've mentioned so far, it's no surprise that eggs are in short supply at this point. Let us now turn our sight to a tragic news of the Balkan Peninsula. In the capital city of Serbia, Belgrade, at local time of May the 3rd, a 13-year-old boy took a gun to the school and opened fire. This incident caused a total of nine deaths, including one boy and seven girls, along with one security guard. According to the police report, the suspect has planned carefully before the shooting. He took three firearms from his father's gun lock and prepared four Molotov cocktails. The suspect's parents are now under arrest, according to Serbia's president, Aleksandr Ucic. Although civilians are allowed to own private firearms, mass shooting at this scale has rarely happened. The last incident was the Zedisht shooting which happened in 2016, where five people were killed. Based on Serbia's law on juvenile offenders and criminal legal protection of minors, the teen suspect will not be held criminally responsible as he has not reached 14. In addition, President Vucic also suggests lowering the minimum age of criminal responsibility from 14 to 12 while respecting European and international standards. And now we have Yu Tong's report on Africa, Rwanda. Welcome back to the World News section where we bring you the latest news from all around the world. I'm your newscaster, Yutan. In this episode, I'll be discussing the devastating floods and landslides that have recently struck Rwanda, claiming the lives of at least 130 people in the country's northern and western provinces. Local Governor Francois Habikiko said that many houses had clapped on people. The unusually heavy rainfall linked to the climate change struck overnight when many residents were asleep. Local authorities expect the death toll to raise as flood waters continue to increase. Rescue and relief operations are underway, as the Rwanda government forces on evacuating residents from affected and high-risk areas. Our thoughts are with those who are affected by this tragedy in Rwanda, as well as neighboring Uganda, where six people have died due to the landslides. Rwanda's weather authority is linking this unusual rain seen in recent years to climate change. As the world continues to grapple with the consequences of climate change, it is a stark reminder of urgent need for governments worldwide to make the significant cuts of emissions. 
That was the news report from our group today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, uh, Kino, for that worldwide news report. For uh, yeah, <laughs> that was great. So much news, and now we know. Yeah. All right. Next up, we're gonna be having Radio Rebels, so please stay tuned. Radio Rebels. Hi everyone, this is Rachel. You are tuned into KDRT 95.7 Davis, California, where the grassroots grow, and we are the Radio Rebels. Again, I'm Rachel. I'm Liang. I'm Tianzhou. This is Sihan. And yeah, this week um, our topic was on food, and we decided to ask our friends. Um, that live in Davis, what their favorite restaurant is in the city, why, how long they've been, what dish they recommend, all that great stuff. And we hope you guys enjoy. Good morning, everyone. This is Tian Zhao. Since this week, our team topic is food. So I'm going to invite my friend, Marcia Ning, to share her favorite restaurant in Davis. Hi, my name is Marceline. Uh, I'm a fourth year student uh, in UC Davis, and I'm majoring in design and cinema and digital media. One of my favorite restaurants in Davis, I would say, is Yachin Sukudo. It was used to call um, teriyaki Yachin. Um, I was there, I was first there when I was a freshman, and I really liked their skewers. And I remember when I first came, I went there, the owner even said, like, oh, you should eat this with that. She, like, tells us how to properly eat it. It's quite funny. And I think she's really nice. Um, but after pandemic, their menu kind of changed. Uh, so they no longer offer skewers, but there are still a lot of uh, really good dishes there. I personally really like uh, their spicy mentakyo soboro. It's a donburi, um, which is a bowl of steamed rice topped with house-mixed um, soboro um, with yellow onion and mentakyo. Uh, it's a little bit spicy sometimes. I, I, I don't have a really good high spice tolerance, but it's still really good. If you can handle that, um, I would recommend to try the their cold, cold noodle. Um, their cold noodle, uh, it's a great option for summer. It has, um, it has cucumber, um, sesame, and then some crab meat and a lot of veggie i think it's a great combo like it's healthy and refreshing and it's a really good option for summer dish 
Thank you so much for listening to share what she thought about the restaurant Yuchan Shokudo. I can't wait to go to this restaurant to try their delicious foods later. Hi everyone, it's Rachel and our topic this week was food and the girls are radio rebels and I wanted to see what the people of Davis would recommend as their number one restaurant. We wanted to see how long they have been going there, why and what dish they recommend to people to try for the first time. I have my friend Kay here with me to see what she recommends. Kay, what do you Hi, I'm Kay, and my favorite restaurant in Davis is Alteria Alberia. The first time I went here was about two years ago. It is located on East Street next to Baskin Robbins. I always go here with my family when they come into town. It serves very good Mexican food and can remind me of my mom's cooking while I'm away from home. They have a salsa bar where you can choose between a wide range of salsas, with my personal favorite being the chili verde. I like to order a burrito or chimichanga with alcohol. My mom likes the chicken flautas with sour cream and guacamole. I would also recommend trying the orchata. The restaurant has a calming atmosphere with music playing and a sorope blanket pattern on the table and comfortable booths to sit in. And there you have it, folks. This restaurant is an option to go to if you've never been in Davis or wanted to try out a new one. So stay tuned and see you guys next week. Bye. Hi everyone, I'm Liang. Today I'm going to interview my friend about her favorite restaurant in Davis. Can you share your favorite restaurant in Davis? I think my favorite is Fancy Dalton, and it's actually one Cowell Boulevard. Oh, I tried to read that song. Could you tell me something about the dishes? Yeah. Some of the filming are very good. We have the same taste in time. Sounds good. Also, if someone is going to read this restaurant for the first time, what would you recommend? And first to dominate. Also, uh, the sweet soy milk. I order it every time. Okay, thanks for your recommendation. I'll definitely try it this time. Um, I'm going to interview my friend about where his preference to choose the restaurant in Davis and what his expectation on Davis restaurant.
Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Uh, hi, everyone. This is Isis, and today I'm with my friend Yolanda. Um, Yolanda, um, how are you? Do you think Davis has a good amount of options for food here? I do. I think it's a variation, lots of different restaurants, lots of like pricing. Um, I feel like there's something for everyone. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, I would say it's somewhat diverse too. Like there's lots, lots of different cuisines. Um, what's your favorite restaurant in Davis? That's hard to say, but definitely, I think, I Those were our interviews. We hope you guys were convinced to go out and try out a new restaurant. I know for sure I will. And that wraps up our session. We just wanted to offer our condolences to the victims. Please stay safe, everyone, and be aware and take care. This is Radio Rebels. I'm Rachel. This is Kim. back thank you to all the groups for sharing all your interviews and news and other such things <laughs> uh I, I now we have a little bit of time so we're just gonna have a little discussion yes and today our class is a little different some of us one group the insert group name here, here we, we are, are actually, actually in, the in the studio all the, all other, the groups other groups are, are chimed in through zoom, zoom. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we just, so we just have, have a little, little Little group, little group here. here. <laughs> so if you heard some weird technical things, that's just because it's through Zoom. All 
All right. All right. Oh, oh. Miguel, Miguel, you on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys were muted. I couldn't hear. So I was like pulling up the radio. No, you're on now. We hear you. <laughs> we're, we're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. It's okay. All right. Well, we were just talking about food. Anybody want to chime in? Your what, thoughts on food. It's your favorite food. Miguel, what have you eaten recently? Within the past half hour. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> we've been, we've been eating Altoids. Yeah, yeah, I haven't had breakfast yet, so I've just been having some solid Altoids for breakfast. Uh, you know, it's been pretty good. I just had coffee. What'd you have? What kind of coffee? So, you know Nespresso, the Nespresso pods? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it gives me, you know, it makes me, it makes, uh, it gives me acid reflux, but it's fine. It's great. It's great okay. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't, I don't feel the effects of caffeine very often, I won't lie. Like, I'll drink, like, the biggest dr coffee drink you can get and it just won't do anything yeah i don't get it doesn't energize me it doesn't wake me up it just more so makes me my stomach kind of you know yeah. have a yeah. party it makes the bowels move a little bit <laughs> exactly <you know>? exactly <laughs> yeah anyways what about you erica what do you what do you like to eat or drink i drink water and keeps you young and uh i uh i have brought a cliff bar and it's just sitting here hydration is key hydration, hydration is, key. is key thank you very much miguel it is true <laughs> it's we, called chocolate brownie chocolate brownie cliff bar that's very dense yeah we're all just kind of staring we're all at just it, staring at it. <laughs> <laughs> not wanting to eat it um i don't eat breakfast which is not a good thing. Intermediate fasting. Yeah. <laughs> intermediate. Is it called intermediate? No, it's just intermediate called intermediate fasting. Not being creative up <laughs> in the morning to make breakfast. Oh, it's okay. Wait, but aren't you, wait, aren't you Mexican? Yeah. Wait, but hold on. <laughs> I'm just saying. We make some pretty bomb, yeah, yeah, bomb yeah. Oh, Mexican okay. food If for I breakfast. was like a good cook. Uh, making Mexican food, I would probably make like chilaquiles. Oh, or something. yes, chilaquiles. Yeah, Do you guys know what chilaquiles are. I have no, yep. idea. no, <laughs> yeah, no good. it's like fried tortilla chips and they put it in some kind of salsa. So it could be green, and it could eggs. be red, and then there's eggs. Uh -huh. uh, it could be kind of spicy, it just depends, but it's it's really good. So good. And I put a whole crap load of sour cream. Yeah, sour cream. <laughs> Don't worry, we're just figuring something out. <laughs> okay. Can the Zoom, the people on Zoom, can you guys hear us? Speak now or forever not let us know. Yeah, <laughs> now. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Okay. So we have three minutes. Anybody want to say anything for three minutes? Well, I have a question for Miguel. Why do you oh, want the Lakers to win? <laughs> I want the Lakers to win? Uh, duh, because I'm a fan of the Lakers. You're a Lakers <laughs> fan? Yeah, I'm a Lakers fan. Okay, okay. Do you live in L.A. or are you like around that area or you just like LeBron? I live I live around that area. I always just grew up because I grew up in a small town, a uh, small Mexican town. So you got a bunch of cholos with the Kobe Bryant jerseys in the back of their trucks. I so I was like, oh, so we go for Lakers around here. So I just always went with that. I see, I see. That's fair. That's fair. Personally, I'm a Warriors guy myself, but 
I don't know. It, yeah, it's not no, looking good. That. Like after game one, it's not looking too good. Like I think I think the Warriors are a more offensive team. Okay, I think I think they can win in a shooting contest against any other team, but I think they make more uh, tough uh, tough baskets. So right. like from like away away from the arc. So like once you hit those, it, it kind of leads into a demoralizing like feeling for the other team. But there was a quote that the that the Lakers head coach said that I think really like kind of set it off saying like, hey, they're gonna hit these shots. We know it. It's just just get in your places and like get like already into the transition offense. So I think that was really like key for them was just saying like, hey, dude, don't don't get beat up on it. Just keep your head up high and go for it. And I think that's what really changed like the game, especially Anthony Davis. He played huge. Yeah, he yeah, he definitely played well for you guys. Uh yeah, man. How do you feel about, or for those of you who don't know, the NBA playoffs are going on. The mm-hmm. Golden State Warriors are playing the Lakers in the conference semifinals. Uh, game one happened yeah. on two, Monday, Monday no, Tuesday, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, and the Warriors Tuesday. lost 107 to 102, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, yeah, five points. That was yeah. Game. yeah, it was really close the whole time. How do you feel about that Jordan Poole shot, Miguel? Honestly, uh, okay, so look, he was hot that game. So I can see him wanting to like just catch and shoot it, but I think he could have stepped a little closer. Yeah, no, yeah, me and I was watching it with my roommates and some of my friends from the track team, and we were yelling at him not to shoot that. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, especially since I think it was like twenty, like what, like ten seconds left, twelve seconds left. Yeah. And in basketball, that's like an eternity. Yeah. Well, that was rough, but that's all the time we have for you guys today. This has been. Uh, the skeleton crew of the Insta group name here. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Thanks. Sam. I'm Talia. I'm Sia. And I'm Erica. Have a good one. Featuring a rotating selection of fresh brews, live music, and a relaxed atmosphere on the patio. Open Thursday through Sunday and located at 27260 Highway 128 Winters. Information at Berryessa Brewing Co.com.